Hey, this is Joe Caminetti Jr. Welcome to the BC Podcast. We hope it inspires you and helps you in your journey with Jesus. Enjoy the message. As we went through this week, um, you know, I heard the governor's statement on Thursday, and I heard about schools closing uh, for three weeks at this time. I heard about no gatherings of 100 people or more, and, and then I realized it didn't, it didn't mean churches. We were allowed to meet. But, you know, I just got to thinking, I called some other of my pastor friends in the community. I called Doug over at Rust City. I called Pastor Myron over at Northmar. I talked to Michael Lagaris over at uh, Victory Warren. And and we just talked about, hey, what are you going to be doing? And our conclusion was, you know, we want to help the governor out since they're, they're not even sure what they're dealing with. So we thought, Let's cancel our weekend services and let's do them uh, live and, and live stream them. My heart is to share a message that will change us forever. And we're gonna pray at the end. I have special prayers that I wanna pray over you. I wanna come into agreement with you concerning your lives. We wanna pray for our nation, our community. So that's all coming at the end. But uh, this message is hot off the press. I I had a series that I was gonna begin this week called Still Valley Barbell Club. What if God's church were a gym? And we'll begin that next weekend. But we thought, let's push that back. And let's speak to the issue because this is a crazy time. Um, Again, things happening that have never happened. I've never witnessed this in my lifetime. And so we're watching schools be closed down. We're watching uh, churches not have their services. We saw Wall Street, man, it took some dives. Thankfully, it finished up the week pretty good. So that, that was nice. But we're all being impacted, right? We, we see all kinds of things being impacted in our lives. Um, we're watching retirement savings. Uh, we have our loved ones that we're concerned about. And it's just a really crazy time. And so I thought, well, we need to do everything in the natural we can do. So uh, we're sanitizing our building. Um, We're cleaning the doors and knobs and everything just with sanitation, just constantly cleaning everything. So we're keeping a clean environment. We think we're going to do our connect groups this week. We are right now. So stay tuned and keep, keep watch. But we want you to know, man, we're praying for you. And if we can help you in any way, we want to help. But I have a big idea for this lesson. And this is what I want us to come out of this lesson, understanding more clearly than ever. And I really believe it's timely and it goes like this. Here it is. God wants to shine during our worst times. We all know what our worst times are, right? This is one of the worst times that many of us have walked through, but there are other worst times, right? When the doctor uh, sits you down and gives you a bad report, relationship breakups, job losses. There's a lot of worst times in our life, not just what we're going through now, but uh, we want to talk about what God wants to do during these times. Uh, It's really important. And notice what he wants to do. God wants to shine during these times. And I'm using that phrase, God wants to shine in this way. God wants to show up. God wants to do what only God can do. We can't do it on our own. God wants to show up and he wants to do things in your life. He wants to protect you. He wants to restore you. He wants to go before you, with you, behind you. That's what he wants to do during times like this. But there's one thing that will stop God from shining. And do you know what that is? That's fear. Fear is the opposite of faith. 
It's the opposite of trusting God. And as much as God wants to help us, the Bible says if we can believe, all things are possible. So in order for God to help us, we have to make sure we don't allow fear to be in our lives. And boy, isn't that tough right now? I mean, it's everywhere. So we can't avoid it. We're going to hear it, but we can control fear. And that's really, really important. And I have a scripture for you. It reads like this, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7. For God has not given us a spirit of fear. That's referring to your human spirit. When you accepted Jesus, he recreated you on the inside. The real you is your spirit. It looks just like your body, and it has no fear in it whatsoever. Where can fear come at us from? Fear comes at us in our minds, and it's from everything we see and everything we hear. But God didn't give you a spirit of fear. Listen to this. Listen to this. But of power and love and a sound Mind. A sound mind's a mind that's not in fear. It's a mind that's trusting and believing God. And so fear isn't coming from God. God doesn't want us to take fear on. It's okay to, you know, wash your hands. Uh, I had prayer this morning. I, I lead prayer every Saturday morning. I have a great prayer group. And we were giving each other the elbow, you know, because uh, we're trying to have that social distancing. And that's not fear. That's not fear. Um, closing the church for the weekend. That's not fear. We're using wisdom. We're trying to help our governor get a hold of what's going on in our state. That's not fear. Fear is what's tormenting us, what's worrying us, what we're, what we're afraid of. And we live in that environment, guys. God hasn't given us a spirit of fear. So I thought, got to thinking, what can we do to just eliminate fear in our lives? And and, and I see three things in the Bible. Um, if we can know and understand these three things, fear will have no place in our life. And, and we'll release God to do what God can only do. God wants to shine in our worst times. And he's waiting for us to come to a place where we don't fear. So these three things are like a foundation. There are three layers. And if you want your foundation to be strong, you have to understand these three things. So here's the first one. We must understand how much God loves us. And I think if I were to ask you, just about every one of you would say, yeah, God loves me. Of course he loves me. Jesus died for me, right? But I can tell you as a young Christian, even when I started Believers in 83, even through the 80s, as I pastored this church, I was not 100% how much or aware of how much God loves me. And there were times when I felt like God was very disappointed in me because I wasn't performing at the level I felt I should perform at. And I really struggled understanding the love of God. And you and I have to understand how much he loves us. It's amazing. So Jesus... He was praying this really cool prayer in John chapter 17. I would encourage you to read the whole chapter this week. And he was praying, guess, guess where he was praying for? Us, us. He was praying for his current disciples. And he said, all the ones that are to come. And he's, he's God the Son praying to God the Father. And there's some cool things that he prayed. But I, I want you to notice one thing that he said that gives us an understanding of how much God loves us. Listen to John 17, verse 23. I and them and you and me, all being perfected into one. That's beautiful, but here's the part we're after, right? So that the world will know you sent me and will understand that you love them as much as you love me. 
Now that's mind-blowing. If Jesus would have prayed, Father, help, help the world and help these believers understand that you love them almost as much as you loved me. You know what, if, if that's what this read, I'd be okay with it. I think, well, he's Jesus and I'm not. He's God's son and I'm, you know, I'm a child of God, but I, I get it, I get it. He still loves me, right? If, if Jesus would have prayed, Father, love them 10 notches lower than you love me, I still would have said, I get it, I get it. He's Jesus, I'm not. But no, li listen to what he said. He says, we need to understand that he loves us, that's us, them, as much as you love me. Jesus said that God loves you as much as he loves Jesus. There's no difference there. He loves you the same way he loves Jesus. So I wanna ask you a hypo hypothetical question. If Jesus were alive today and his ministry hadn't started yet, and this coronavirus was here, and Jesus was the carpenter running his father-in-law's business, do you think that God would protect Jesus? Do you think if he lost some business that God would help him make it up? Do you think God would show up in his life? And I think every one of us would say, absolutely, he's God's son. Gee, yeah, well, he loves you just the same. Do you think God would protect him from this virus? You think God would protect his life? All of us would say, yeah. Now we're imagining Jesus left his power in heaven, so he, he has to depend on God like we do, right? The, question, the answer is, yes, God would protect him. And you and I have to come to understand, he loves us just as much. And he wants to protect us just the same. And that begins to help fear go. Here's another amazing scripture about God's love. 1 John chapter 4, verse 16. Listen to this. We know how much God loves us because we have felt his love and because we believe him when he tells us that he loves us dearly. Now I wanna ask you a question. Do you know how much God loves you? We just saw he loves us as much as he loves Jesus, but, but, but do you know that? Are you sure of that? And he's telling you, he says, I love you dearly. Listen to the rest of this. God is love, and anyone who lives in love is living with God, and God is living with him. So God's very nature is love. He loves you the same as he loves Jesus. That's amazing. And then there's one more verse we have to read. It's, it's verse 18. And listen to what this says. We need have no fear of someone. That would be God. God's a someone. We is us. We need have no fear of someone who loves us perfectly. God loves you perfectly. Well, we know that. He loves us as much as Jesus. That would be perfect love. Listen to this. His perfect love for us eliminates all dread of what he might do to us. If we are afraid, it is for fear of what he might do to us and shows that we are not fully convinced that he really loves us. And how easy is it to think Oh no, I'm not perfect and oh no, I did this wrong and I did that wrong. Maybe, maybe God's bringing this virus to punish me. Or there are people out there saying, God's bringing this to punish the world. Listen, listen very carefully, right? There's a day of judgment out there. I'm not denying that. But we're living in what's called the age of grace. It's also called the church age. And this is the time where the Bible says God's love, his mercy comes upon all. His sun shines on the good and the bad. His rain falls on the good and the bad. And this is not God, guys. This is just a broken earth. And no matter what conspiracy theory you believe, you know, did some men make it in a lab? I don't know, but I'll tell you this, it's not God. 
And the Bible is wanting us to understand if we know and see how much God loves us, we'd never think God's doing something to hurt us. If we can understand God loves us as much as he loves Jesus, there's layer one. Man, fear is already beginning to leave our life. God loves you. Well, here's the second thing we have to understand. Listen to this. We must understand God's faithfulness. Now, as a young Christian, and I'm telling you, this is my first 10 years plus of my life, I always felt God's faithfulness towards me would be based on my faithfulness towards him. And if you're like me, I mean, I never think I pray enough, right? You never think you do everything perfect, and we see all of our mistakes, right? So it's so easy for us to think, God can't be faithful to me because I'm, I'm just not perfectly faithful to him. But guys, we have to understand God's faithfulness. It doesn't work that way. And here's an incredible verse of scripture. You ready? 2 Timothy 3.13. It reads like this. If we are faithless, that means we're not faithful. He remains faithful. Full, he cannot disown himself. Now, can we talk about the last phrase just for a second? When you accepted Jesus as your savior, so I'm speaking to Christians now, and if you're not, I'll give you a chance to become one before we're closed. But when you accepted Jesus, the Bible says you were united with Christ and you're one with him. And God sees you as he sees Jesus. You're one with him. And to disown you would be to disown himself. And he's not going to do that. But notice what this says. Again, the first part of the verse, if we aren't faithful, he remains faithful. God's faithfulness is not dependent on your performance, your perfection, your faithfulness. It has nothing to do with you. God's faithfulness is based on who God is. And here's another amazing scripture. You ready for this? 2 Thessalonians 3.3, and it reads like this. But the Lord is faithful, and he will strengthen you and protect you from the evil one. Now, we know he's faithful even when we're not faithful. But notice what he does out of his faithfulness. He strengthens and protects us. And I was reading this, and I saw this phrase from the evil one, and I thought, I wonder if, if that's in the Greek, because... The evil one would be our enemy, and the enemy does attack us, but he doesn't do every bad thing in our life. So I thought, is this just talking about him or all evil? So I looked it up. And you know what the Greek language says? Uh, the word the and the word one is not in the Greek. The only word in the Greek is evil. And God made a promise to you guys, and I love this. He will strengthen you and protect you from evil. And that could be the coronavirus. It can be anything that's going on in our life. It could be the impacts of the coronavirus. And God is saying, I will protect you from all evil. Why? Because I'm faithful to you. His faithfulness isn't based on your performance or your faithfulness. And God wants us to be like a, an infant in, in their mother's arm. Did you ever look at an infant in their mother's arm, arms? That infant doesn't hold on, do they? They just lay in there and they trust mama's arms and God wants you to trust his 
arms. He has you. It reminds me of my granddaughter. I have uh, three grandchildren, Joey's 10, Riley's eight, and then Ophelia is almost 10 months old. And right from the time she was seven months old, I just start flipping her and she loves to be flipped. So I'll just get her and I'll go like this and turn her upside down and flip her over. And she laughs and she laughs. She has no fear and she just laughs. Well, I taught her that I do that. And one day I was just holding her like this and she loves to go upside down and she just pushes out of my arms to go upside down. Thankfully, I was able to catch her and I was able to give her the flip, but I thought, whoa. But then I got to thinking, you know what? That's how God is with us. Even if you try to push away from God, he's got you and he's faithful. And I got to thinking about the faithfulness of God and a Psalm came to me, it's Psalm 23. And I want you to listen to verse one. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. I just have a couple of these verses. But if you've accepted Christ as your savior, guess what? God's your shepherd. And he's comparing himself to a shepherd who's watching sheep. And a shepherd protects the sheep, uh, feeds the sheep, leads and guides the sheep. And God says, I am your shepherd. And you and I have to come to a place to where we recognize that and don't allow fear to stop him from doing what he wants to do in our life. But listen to the latter part of this, I shall not want. That word want means lack. And when we're walking through times like this, guys, we have to understand God's our shepherd. He wants to meet every lack that we deal with. He wants to help us in every way possible. And then I love verse four. You ready for this? Listen to this. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you, God, are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. So the rod and the staff is a type of the Bible and the promises of God and they comfort us. But listen to this. When we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, do you know this is a literal place in Israel? And King David, before he was king, he was a shepherd boy over his daddy's flocks. And he used to go through this valley. It's still there today. And so it's a valley, but then it has a place where it becomes very narrow, right around 10 feet. And at that 10 feet mark, it goes on a long way. The walls, the mountains go up about 800 feet. So right in the middle of the daytime, as you're walking through there, it can be dark because of the high mountains. And here was the biggest problem. There were little caves. And guess who hid in those caves? Thieves and predators. And that's what David's talking about. We walk through life and there's things that want to get us. There's things that want to hit us. And David as a shepherd knew there, there could be someone that would try to hit him on the head and steal what he had. Some predator would come out, try to kill his sheep. David understood. And here's what David's saying about God. What is your valley of the shadow of death? It could be walking through this time with the coronavirus. It could be something a couple years from now. It could be anything else going on in your life that's negative. And listen again to what he says. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, the coronavirus, whatever, I will fear no evil. Why? Because he knew how much God loved him and he knew God's faithfulness. And here's what he knew. You are with me. God's with you right now. And no matter what's going on around us, God is with us. And not only is he with us, listen to how this Psalm finishes. This is really amazing. It goes like this. Verse six, Psalm 23, six. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So that's just going to heaven. Aren't you excited about that promise? I'm not ready to go. I don't, most of you aren't ready to go, but we know when we go, we get to dwell there forever. But notice what's happening on the earth, guys. Goodness and mercy shall follow me 
all the days of my life. And so as you walk through life, God has these two things. They're behind you. You know, it's not like some creepy guy stalking you, you know, but it's goodness and it's mercy. And they're behind you and they're following you and they want to grab you and they want to they minister life to you. But if we're in fear and we're speaking all kinds of fearful things, we're, we're pushing those things back. And God wants us to open up and trust him and have no fear. And he wants us, and we're going to see that in a moment. He wants us to take Psalms like this and speak them over our lives. Goodness, guys, is anything good you need. And God says, I have goodness trailing you. It, wa- it wants to come into your life. And no matter what you go through, it wants to hit you. I love mercy though too. Mercy, mercy's two things. Mercy's like when we blow it and we're in trouble because of what we did. Mercy is God coming in and cleaning up our mess and restoring us. But mercy is also just, uh, you know, it's the circumstance of the world like this coronavirus. And we're walking through a terrible, tough time. And God says, I've got mercy following you. And no matter what happens to you, it's going to come and clean it up. And it's going to restore you. These are beautiful Psalms about God's faithfulness. So guys, we have to understand God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. Need I say any more? And God is faithful. Even if we're not faithful, he's faithful to protect us. He's faithful to guard us. That's two. Our foundation's becoming stronger. It's going to help us repel fear. But here's number three, and this one's amazing. You ready for number three? It goes like this. We must know God's promises. You have to know what he's promised. I'm going to tell you another story. Many years ago, I was going through a really tough time and I went to see a mentor needing some help, right? And I go and I'm a little whiny. Oh, it's so tough and this is happening and that's happening. My life is so hard. And I'm just, you know, talking to this uh, mentor and, and here's what he said. First thing he said, Joe, what are you expecting God to do in your life? I don't know. That's why I came to see you. If I knew, I wouldn't be here. He said, what promise are you standing on? But, I don't know. My life's a mess. I just got hit hard. And he just looked at me. He said, listen, Joe, I want you to go examine the Bible and you look for promises in there that address your situation. And then I want you to come back and see me. And you know, I did. And when I saw the promises and I came back to see him and he said, now we're going we're gonna to agree and we're going to believe God for him to do these very things in your life. That brought me out of a mess. And that's what God's saying to all of us. We have to know, we have to understand the promises of God. And I want you to notice this. This is Psalm 119 verse 105. And it reads this way. Your words are a flashlight to light the path of me. That's the Bible. That's where the promises are found. And to keep me from stumbling. I like that. If you and I can find the promises of God, what he's promised us, and we can stand on them, so to speak, we're not going to stumble. Even though we walk through a hard time, guys, whether, whether uh, you know, whatever's going on in your life, this coronavirus, whatever it is, all the impacts it's having, God says, you will not stumble. And so this is what we, we want to see. How does God want a Christian to walk through a crisis, right? Well, God wants us to know that he wants to shine during our worst times. And he does it when we grab those promises. And I got to thinking, what's the best promise in the Bible for this coronavirus and other things like it? And, and, and I came up with Psalm 91. And I want to read some of the verses to you guys. These are amazing. You ready? Here's verse one. Really powerful. One and two. Whoever dwells 
in the shelter of the Most High will rest. That word rest means spend the night, and it's dealing with a dark time. And it says, uh, we will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Let's break this down. You guys ready to break it down? Guys, here's what God's saying to us. He wants to be a shelter in our life. And when you and I accepted him as savior, he's given us that shelter to go into. But then notice verse two, this is really important. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I will trust. I'm gonna ask you, what are you saying? Are you speaking this promise over your life? Because it will cause fear to go. Now, if you don't know how much God loves you, he loves you as much as he loves Jesus. If you don't know how faithful God is, he's faithful even when we're not faithful, then, then you won't be able to connect with this promise. When you understand these two things and then you take this promise, I'm just gonna ask you again, what are you saying? You and I need to boldly begin to speak, the Lord, he is my refuge and my fortress. I can trust in him. And when you and I begin to understand that, fear is gonna to begin to go. And you know what it does? It releases God to shine during these crazy lives, moments that we're living in right now. It releases God to shine. It releases God to do what only God can do. So I wanna go on, because we need to be saying and speaking these promises. Listen to verse three and four. Surely he will save you from the fowler's snare. That's man, what man, the traps man sets to knock you out, right? But listen to this next one. And, and from the deadly pestilence, a pestilence uh, would include the coronavirus. And, and notice what God says. He says, I'll save you from it. That, that is pretty cool. I'm gonna save you from it. He wants to protect you during times like this. And, and then listen to verse four. He will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. His faithfulness will be your shield and your rampart. A rampart is the big wall that's in front of a castle that keeps enemies out of that castle. And we know what a shield is. But guys, I like the image of a mother hen putting her wings over the chicks and protecting them. And you know what God's saying to you? I wanna cover you from head to toe. And I wanna protect you. And I want you and I to begin to believe these promises and release God, <coughs> excuse me, to do what only God can do. Listen to verse seven, guys. This is really powerful. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right hand, but it will not come near you. Whew, that's amazing. That's a promise from heaven, guys. And it reminds me of a story. Uh, Charles Spurgeon shares his story. And if you don't know who he is, he's called the Prince of Preachers. He's in heaven. But he was considered one of the best preachers ever of all times. And he tells the story of the cholera outbreak back in the 1800s. And there was a German shoemaker. And he lived during that time. He was a believer. And, and he read this verse about a thousand falling at his side and 10,000, nothing will come near you. And everybody in this village was scared. At this time, a million people had died in Russia, in Russia already. Think about that. Uh, 50 some thousand in Germany, they had better hygiene. But guys, it was scary. And so this shoemaker, he took this verse and he wrote it out. A thousand may fall at your side, 10,000 at your right side or your right hand, but it shall not come near you. He wrote it out and he pasted it on his window. And do you know, 
Unfortunately, people all around him in his neighborhood died, but it never hit him, his wife, or his kids. It never came into his home. And God actually even prospered his business during this terrible time, way worse than what we're going through now. That is a promise from heaven for every one of us. I got to read one more. You ready for this one, guys? Psalm 91, verse 11. For he will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. Now, a couple of things. The word angels is plural. The Bible says there's so many angels, you can't number them. There's trillions of them, way more than there are us. And we typically think we have a guardian angel, one. No, you have tons of angels. And, and notice God's commanding them to be around you be around you. And then listen to this. He'll command his angels concerning you. The word you in the Hebrew, it, you know, it, you could mean a whole group, but it's singular. It just means you. And he's commanding those angels concerning you. Now, Billy Graham tells a story. Billy Graham wrote a book called Angels, God's Secret Agents. And he really believed in angels. He's one of the, he's one of the greatest preachers of modern time and just an amazing man. And he tells a story about a neurosurgeon. This is in the U.S. and it was really snowy. It was a winter time. This neurosurgeon was home and he has a knock on his door and he opens this door and it's an 11-year-old girl and she looks at him and says, you've got to come. She's going to die. You've got to come. And he assumed she was talking about her mom. And he says, I only work at the hospital. I'm a neurosurgeon. She says, no, you have to come. It's so important that you come. And he really felt in his heart a tug and he said, okay. So she gave him the address. He wrote it down. He said, let me get my coat. He goes to get his coat. When he comes back, she's gone. He has no idea where she went, but he had the address. So he goes to that address and he finds a woman there that was near death. And he did a couple of procedures to help her and then had an ambulance come. And while the ambulance was coming, he stabilized her. He said to her, he said, another 15 minutes or so, you would have died. He said, good thing your daughter came and got me. And this woman looked at him and said, I don't have a daughter. He said, no, your daughter came. He said, I don't have a daughter. I don't know who you're talking about. And at that moment, they realized that was an angel. That was an angel that came and saved this woman. And God has angels surrounding you. So let's, let's review. You ready? In order for us to stand and not have any fear, to walk through some tough times, crises like what we're walking through now, guys, there's, there's three things. We have to understand how much God loves us. He loves us as much as he loves Jesus. That means he'll do anything for you. It's not performance-based. We have to understand how faithful God is. He's faithful even when we're not faithful. He's faithful to put a shield. He's faithful to guard us. That's who our God is. And then we have to find these beautiful promises and we need to stand on the promises of God. Now, I, I still want to pray for you. And I want to release these beautiful things that we just talked about. But before I do, maybe you're listening and you're not sure of your eternity. You're not sure if you were to die, if you go to heaven or hell. Or maybe you're not even sure when you began to listen to this. Maybe a friend sent this to you. Maybe you saw an advertisement and clicked it and here you are watching, right? Very good message for you to be watching. Whatever it is, you just know that you don't have a relationship with God. You don't feel that relationship. You know what? Jesus said, 
I died for your sins, the sins of the whole world. And he, he said, whoever calls on me, I'll save them. I'll save them. And so right now, I'm not asking you if you grew up in church. I'm not asking you to join a religion. I'm not asking you if, if you were water baptized as a baby or an adult. All good things. Here's what I'm asking. Can you remember a day when you said, Jesus, I believe you're the only way to heaven, and I want to accept you as my Savior? That will put you in the shelter of the Almighty. That will make God your shepherd. And, and all you have to do, uh, I can't force you to do it. We know about Jesus here. You just have to allow God to open your heart. And I believe he's opening hearts right now. And you just say, Jesus, I want you. I'll pray with you right now. Can we pray right now? Just say this after me. Say, Lord God, I realize I was born sin-stained. And I repent of all my sins. And I look to your answer, Jesus. Jesus, I believe you're the son of God. I believe God raised you from the dead. I believe you're the way to heaven. And this day I accept you as my savior. I call you Lord. I bend my knee and my heart to you. And I make a decision to follow you. Amen. Simple as that is, if you prayed that prayer, miracles happened inside of you. And I know we don't have church this weekend. We're not sure about next weekend. But when church is back in session, we have a free gift for you. Uh, it's an incredible Bible. So when you come in, tell someone in the lobby, hey, I prayed, I accepted Christ with Pastor Joe. And we'll make sure we get that gift to you. You know what we want to do now, guys? We want to pray. I thought the first thing we should do, and I want you all to join me right now. I want to pray for our nation, our state, in our valley and we want to pray for the leaders and i mentioned this at offering time i just mentioned to you we don't receive offerings to just keep the lights on we receive offerings to be the light and i thought of this phrase i want to read it to you christians are called to be by god to be change agents and problem solvers and i really believe god wants us and he wants other churches in our community he wants us, maybe we'll do some things together. That would be cool, wouldn't it? But he wants us to impact our community. So we're praying and asking God to show us what we can do. I want to ask you to pray that same prayer. And maybe God will give you some ideas of some things you can do also just by yourself. So let's do that together. And let's pray right now for our nation, our state, and our community. Father, we come together. We're not together, but we are together, like Paul said, in the Spirit. And we know that you can be great distances and be together in the spirit. So we come together. And Father, we pray for our president. We ask you to continue to flood him with wisdom on the exact things he needs to do. We ask you for all the counsel around him, medical and all the other leaders. Father, give them wisdom. We ask you to flood the Congress with wisdom, the Senate. Father, let this not be politicized. But Father, give them wisdom on the best things they can do for our nation during this time. We pray for our governor, Lord. We thank you for the moves he made. And Lord, we just pray that you'd give him wisdom on when to make changes, anything he needs to do, all the people around them, flood, around him, flood them with wisdom. And Lord, we pray for our local leaders. We ask you to flood them with wisdom on what they can do for this community. And Lord, we thank you for showing us how we can shine our lights. And if you can agree with that prayer, would you say amen to it? Amen. That's, that's a good prayer. But now you know what I need to do and I want to do is I want to pray for you. And, you know, we saw some amazing things. God wants to put a shield around us. God has angels that he commands 
around us. God has goodness and mercy following us. God loves us as much as he loves Jesus. God is faithful even when we're not faithful. God has promised to keep us even during times of pestilence. That's some exciting stuff, right? But maybe you're sitting there and you say, I hear it, but man, I'm still dealing with fear. I want to pray for that first. And then I want to pray God's blessings and God's protection on you. So can we pray, guys? Everybody, uh, all your households, can we join together right now? Father, we pray first for anyone that's gripped by fear, and we break that grip of fear in their life. We command it to go in the name of Jesus. Lord, we ask you to open up their eyes to how much you love them, how faithful you are towards them, and these incredible promises. And Lord, I pray for your people. And Lord, as I pray for your people, I ask you, Lord, to put that shield around every single one of them. I release the shield of God. I come into agreement with them that you are their shield and you are their buckler. You are their rampart. And Lord, I also pray for your blessings to saturate your people. And Lord, we look to you as the answer in this time of uncertainty. I ask you to meet every need of every person financially. And I ask you, God, to be the God that you are. I ask you to shine in every one of their lives. If you can agree with that prayer, would you guys say amen to it? I can't see you, but I can feel you. And I really believe God did some amazing things. Hope you enjoyed today's podcast. There are a couple things I'd love for you to do. Be sure to subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. That helps us spread the word and impact more people. You can also help us see others connected to God by investing today at believers.cc slash give. And if you want updates on all things Believers Church, check out believers.cc or follow us at A City Connected on Twitter and Instagram or search Believers The Connecting Place on Facebook. The best way to connect with BC is live and in person at one of our weekend worship experiences. We have locations in Boardman and Warren, and you can get the service times and plan your visit at believers.cc. Thanks for tuning in to the BC Podcast.